0: Out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Hello, welcome. This is David Eastall. This is the C86 Show. And um, I've been going through my archives, finding various interviews from the past. And this is one of those particular ones. This is with the singer-songwriter... Rory McLeod, who was coming to Norwich, this was a few years ago, where he was going to be playing at Open. Anyway, that's irrelevant. This is a short interview, and I thought, well, I'd like to archive it, just for the hell of it, really. Um, Hopefully, I will interview him again and get a slightly longer interview, um, because it would be much more interesting. But this is it, and um, obviously the beginning of it is us talking about that particular night that he's going to have at Open. That's been and gone, just let it go, people. This is Rory, this is me. It's short, it's sweet. I will do better next time. Anyway, take it away, Rory.
1: I'm playing at a place called Open, which I've never been to before. Like a theatre, I don't know
0: if it is. It was an old bank, actually. Oh, was it? <laughs> it was a really massive Barclays Bank oh. that was, was kind of um, very grand and glitzy and very, it's kind of quite bling in a bizarre way, you know, it was just mm. very ornate and big. So it's a fantastic venue to get. And oh, well. And you're in the main auditorium, I guess.
1: I guess, I don't know, to be I honest. But, uh, to be honest, um. Oh, when I get there, I'll find out. Normally, it's just take take as as a as find. But um, yes, I'll, I'll be singing some. Well, well i mostly I do my own songs really. Yes, um, and tunes and um, yeah. all kinds of songs. Some about the family. Some um, kind of in a way, I, I see myself as keeping memory alive.
0: Yeah, because that's yes, because you've you've come. You know, you're obviously a. Been you know you've been on the circuit for a long time as a as a singer songwriter a sort of traveling troubadour is is how people often refer to you don't they Do you want yeah. to just give us a background of, of your career?
1: I'll try to uh, yeah I'm i always but um, I used to play with a jug band and busking with them and we got invited someone saw us playing in a wee club in London called Bungies and we used to play there we used to play some other pubs, and we're quite physical it was quite played quite in a physical way really
0: yes um
1: we used to even playing harmonica with hose pipes and swinging them around the head and getting this kind of what strange effect and,
0: and I guess this is the early 80s
1: yeah it was actually it was in the 70s actually late 70s right because um, we went to Germany uh, we got invited to play in Germany by a, a, a lover of blues he was a blues collector and he, he just liked the energy um, yeah we had about three or four harmonica players and two guitars uh, so we yeah so I lived, ended up being in Germany playing with them and I was making songs some we did some we didn't um, yeah Songs about my mum was written were written back then, and I guess, well, I'm not saying blues guys don't sing about their mum, but, um, but uh, anyway, so I was yeah I was making songs. We didn't do them all.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was playing, then we kind of split up. I was playing with a guitarist for a while, who sometimes I got us gigs and he didn't show up for gigs, so I was there on my own. I thought, well, I'll do it. So <laughs> I, started, I played myself played harmonica all night, but then I realised, I should um, I could play my songs,
0: play my yes. songs,
1: and pick up the guitar. So. And that was I, I kind of started on my own.
0: And, your, and then you got your first album, wasn't it? Your first solo was called Angry Love in 85. Yes,
1: this was years later. Because um, after that, I went, went off to Mexico. I was in Mexico, worked with a circus, small circus, Azteca family. Circus in small pueblos pools and um, tr- tobacco plantations, and, you know, cattle country, really. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was playing, I was kind of a musical clown with them. And I did some street stuff on the streets of France as well as clowning, kind of to um, self-taught kind of a mind, I suppose. But um, And then I, I was still making songs, really, so I came up to Texas, which is near Mexico, and came up there and sang in a few bars, played with the reggae band, harmonica with the reggae band. We supported Peter Tosh and Dennis Brown, and and then I was also there's some clubs there that I played in, and there's Kerrville Festival. I won the harmonica competition there. And anyway, I eventually came back. I did come back in the 80s, and um, um, I was you know, with, with all the songs that I'd made really. Yeah. In English, of course. I was singing to some sometimes I was singing to people who didn't understand English and some of these songs, of course, Germany and Mexico. But um Texas was the first place I came to in Austin anyway. Got a lot of songwriters around there. So so it was it was in that kind of context of um um small bars, I was I was singing my songs, not forgetting what I'd written about until it was, Oh, I like your song about like, your know and the words, you know, so lyrically, um it picked up on things. So, yeah, I came back and it was a minor strike going on, and I did a tower block, and I started playing around the UK then.
0: Yeah, because I think that was where I first came across you in the sort of, I suppose you'd call it either protest movement or the alternative movement of the 80s, of mm. kind of, it was that Thatcher period, and there was a lot of. You know, you were either on one side or the other side, weren't you? In a bizarre yeah. way, and and I, I, I guess I, I guess I, I was. You know, there was the Chumbawamba and Blythe yeah. Power and and the I'm not sure about the Levellers then, but there was a lot of bands. You know, the boys
1: and girls. Oh, so
0: the Redskins and and yeah. you know, and you popped up. And there, there was always angry poets at most of these things, weren't there?
1: Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. doing some poetry. Play. There was Apples <laughs> and Snakes. We've I've got some. They did a book. I mean, with there was with. Um, Oh, um, seeding Wells. Oh, um, gosh, yes. And uh, <laughs> oh, some, um, Attila Little Brother. The, yes, ball. and Attila
0: the Stockbroker Attila the as well. The Stockbroker, that's right. You um, couldn't go to any gig without him. And so, yes, yeah, so Angry Love. Yeah. So was that a, an album that you had written quite currently from that period, or was that stuff from more um, what you did in Mexico? It
1: was a mixture, to be honest. It was a mixture of stuff I'd written in Germany. My mum's song's on there. There's uh, stuff i made in Texas, I remember. White, white boot Black was... Um, and then Criminals of Hunger was something I, I was a response to riots in Brixton, what was going on in Chile and, and um, around the world you know, um, as well. Yeah. Kind of um, uh, people, basically, I suppose, apartheid kind of system and breaking laws and, you know, there's good laws and bad laws. There was a lot of judgement, but there was love songs on there. Um, passing the pain down was a response, I think, to... Sure. The 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 um, Mrs Thatcher and and the uh, the Falklands, the Malvinas, you know, Argentina. Yeah, yeah. As well. So so there was a mixture of stuff. In fact, a lot of stuff even ended up on the, the second album was was kicking the sawdust, and that was a double. So there was a whole load of stuff I had. Uh, you know, I always had a backlog. I still have um, of songs that just didn't make it to an album yet. Or yeah. You know. So angry love was was uh, a mixture of some of those really.
0: Because because uh, the other artist that was quite similar at the time was I suppose Billy Bragg. And there's yes. was you as well, and but and you also really wanted to sort of highlight or capture everyday life. I remember a lot of songs about markets, you know, and and traders. Market, yeah, yes, that's right, yeah. Yes, that's it. I remember seeing watching you in a Glastonbury tent on one of the greenfields <coughs> and and seeing and hearing these songs and was like, yeah, somebody really wants to document that. Was that one of the, is that one of the reasons for being a so- you know the songwriter?
1: Was well, it, yes, as I said, because I've got songs, stories about my grandma and it's. it's it's a way of keeping memory alive, really, and I think songs is a way of doing that. It's a bit like um, singing people's history and giving it back to them, you know, in a way. Yeah. And using their, thinking of the rhythms of their voices and conversational way of um, of singing in a way. Um, so it was a, a bit of that to celebrate their lives, or my grandma's life, or yeah. a farming woman. I did a whole load of songs about people, women. The Singing Copper's another one.
0: And Because when I've delved back into sort of folk music, often it is about sort of capturing you know rural life or sea life or something like you know it was to try and sort of it was like storytelling you know and sort of preserving a memory of of a past time or past past people or past village or whatever and and you've always been quite a similar singer-songwriter in that vein haven't you
1: yeah no it's like that i mean yeah storytelling there's definitely there's stories within stories and um I think Mariachi's love song is a bit like that. Another, it's, 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 it's experiences that I've people I've met um, or things that have happened to me, uh, busking or playing, um, playing for people in their bedrooms. You know, singing, serenading people, yes. next year with, with friends, or um, but it is that, yeah. I mean, and also I think of them as dance stories because obviously I've got tap shoes, so part of the there's a lot of rhythm. So I've played for a lot of people who to, to dance to, you know, who dances to the songs and. So that, that's why even their stories are quite rhythmic, you know, in, in a way.
0: Right, so you tap dance as well?
1: I use tap, yeah, I've got tap shoes that I use It's part of the rhythm, with it, together with the guitar and the spoons and the voice, because there's a lot of kind of, um, I suppose once someone once called it kind of rap, but I always thought it's, in the end, it's all rhythmic singing, really, like whether rock and roll was, like yeah. Chuck Berry and Dylan did, I suppose. And it's, it's just... Um, that must be rhythmic.
0: That's all. Well, it was quite interesting because when I've, I've sort of li- you know listened to a lot of your music and realised at times because I think God, that's so many lyrics and so much to, and it reminded me a bit of because I was also into rap in the 80s. I suppose when I listened a lot to John Peel, mm. you know Chuck D from Public Enemy, and sort of had that, and it was quite strange. I thought I definitely won't mention that to you, but actually you know you mentioned rap, and it, and it did sort of at times it kind of makes sense now that you you had a sort of the tap dance in rhythm because obviously. Mm a lot of it was very, you know, I remember it wasn't just sit down and listen to a singer-songwriter, you know, a lot of your concerts were people getting up and really jigging about and sort of, so they were quite lively, weren't they?
1: Yeah, well, I've always seen it as a physical thing anyway, you know, like, um, like we have memories and so there's the lyrical side and, you know, it's internal journeys, there's the inside journey, emotional, then there's the physical with the dancing to it, so it's a way of moving people in in more than one way, I suppose. At that time also, well, there was all the... Linton Kwesi Johnson was around. Bob Marley, I used to think, was a you know great songs, visionary. Yes. Kind of poet, you know, almost um, kind of biblical in the way he wrote, you know, with the parables and things. But um, and there uh, was John Cooper Clarke, of course, who I saw once as well. I
0: think. Yeah. High
1: high speed kind of. And then so yeah, and I suppose Chuck Berry did a bit of that
0: early rap. And it was quite interesting what you were saying about your you know the material of your songs reflecting you know what, you know what's happening in your life at the same oh. time you know with. And I think that's quite a grounding experience when you you know the the aging process, but not in a corny way, but just mm. in a realizing that you know decades go by and you know things happen and mm. you know big subjects happen and um, you have to deal with it and it's quite interesting and obviously it's a, you know bringing those into your songs must be must add a lot of depth to the material.
1: I think so. Yeah. I mean, sing, yeah. I think my mum's song is quite a jolly one, and she just passed away, and I got one from my dad that he just as another one just to send him off really so it's connecting to the connecting to the past a bit yeah. and that kids having kids you know I've got kids there's a kids I don't like to call it a kids album actually but I call it songs for big li- little people but there's um, just songs I made because I was with a dance group working with and uh, uh, making songs for um, uh, about wind and breath and then there's uh, songs I made for my kids anyway lullabies and, yeah. and songs about being a big brother soon you know and having a start um, realising that someone else is going to be born and you won't be the centre of attention anymore, you know, or the kids won't. So. Yeah. so all those songs for them, songs to grow on as well, you know, so yeah, yeah. they'll pop, you know, I think there's, you can have a song for everything. I've got a food song somewhere, Hunger is the Best Sauce, full of recipes and how to how to freshen stale bread and got almost to survive, you know, because when you travel, as I did, food's very important, <laughs> part yes. of a balanced diet of course, but you did, I used to fantasise about roast dinner and you know, this and that, sort of, just not beans and rice all the time. So, <laughs> so it was a song that I really, I, I wanted, them, you know, full of silly, but using pots and pans and when I recorded and cheese craters. And, but it was a, uh, you know, so I think there are songs, you know, for all kinds of occasions.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's right. Excellent. Well, thanks, Rory. I hope you have a lovely sunny day up there. Thanks, yeah, likewise and, uh, down there. And that was me in conversation with Rory McLeod. I know I've slightly got my um, tongue tied on that one, God knows why. Anyway, that's the end of the show. It's been brief, it's been emotional, but I hope you enjoyed it. You can contact me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just do at C86 Show. Keep it positive, otherwise, don't bother for many reasons. Um, And also, I've been archiving these shows for three years plus now. So um, yes, you can find those on Spotify, iTunes, Mixcloud, and Podbean. We love that one. Anyway. That's is me saying goodbye bye.